0: On this week's episode, we are going to do part two of a previous episode that we did a couple weeks ago where we chatted about how to prepare your patient when they are going on a field trip, especially when they are going to the cath lab. So today we are going to talk about what to consider when your patient comes back from the cath lab. Now, of course, all of this is going to depend on the hospital where you work. There's probably different policies depending on where you are and also what procedure was done. So I'm not going to go into details about every single procedure that we do in the cath lab because we do quite a bit. But I want to talk about the basics of if your patient's coming back from a typical left heart cath and if they got an intervention like a stent. But any of the things that we chat about today are excellent questions to ask yourself, regardless of what procedure was done. You should be just considering these things and thinking ahead to what your patient may need or what orders you're going to need or what questions that you should ask. The first thing to consider, of course, is what procedure your patient is having done. Now, again, this is going to depend on the hospital you work in because every cath lab in the country does different things. Some of them do a lot of different procedures, some of them focus just on heart caths and pacemakers. It really depends. So for me, I'm going to talk from the perspective of the cath lab where I work, where we do basically all of it. We can do electrophysiology procedures. We can do neuro NIR. We can do cath procedures. We can do pacemakers. We can do structural heart. There's a ton of different things that we do in our cath lab. So first thing, just consider what your patient is having done. And if you are unfamiliar, which is okay, just look it up or ask a coworker more details about what's being done. I think we often assume that we should know everything and that we should have all of this knowledge and know what every procedure is. But as a nurse, you can't hold it all in your head. So you're going to specialize in what you're used to, what you see most often. And if you're not used to getting a patient from the cath lab because maybe you aren't on a cardiac floor, maybe you're on a different floor, but your patient has a heart attack, this may be a foreign procedure for you. Or if you've never received a patient who's had a pacemaker, it might be new for you. That is totally okay. It's okay to say, I don't know, and then learn. So that's the key piece. I don't want you to just say, I don't know, and not look it up and not know what's going to happen to your patient. I would rather you acknowledge that you are unsure of what to expect when your patient comes back and spend that time just looking it up, checking what, t- what, precautions you may need to consider, ask your charge nurse, ask another nurse, use your resources. So first thing, just consider what they're having done. Be familiar with that procedure, at least on a surface level. Today, we are just going to talk about the basics of what to consider if your patient came for a left heart cath, a standard cardiac catheterization. So first thing, where was the access? So if they're coming in for a left heart cath, typically... Most of the time, it's either going to be in their right wrist, so their radial artery, or it's going to be in their groin in the femoral artery on the right side. Occasionally, depending on their anatomy and if there's difficulty accessing, we may go left radial or left groin, worst case. Typically, though, you're going to be on the right side, and it's either going to be right radial or right femoral. So consider where your patient was accessed so you know where you're looking when they arrive. Along that same vein, what hemostasis device did they use? And are there precautions that you need to consider? So depending on your hospital, you may have a recovery area where a patient will go after they have a cardiac cath procedure or any other procedure in the cath lab. And that recovery area may be the one that deals with the precautions or takes the closure or hemostasis device off. So That may be taken care of in recovery, but it's still something that you should know so that you can keep an eye on that area because bleeding is still going to be a concern for you even once your patient is recovered. But depending on if you either don't have a recovery unit or if it's on a weekend when the call team is taking care of this patient, they may be coming back to you with some sort of closure device or hemostasis device. So if we go through their wrist, this is typically going to be a radial band. Depending on your floor, you may or may not take care of patients with a radial band on. But if you do, the important things to consider are when that band was put on, what was the time, so that you can then follow whatever policy it is in your hospital for taking that air out slowly. So a radial band is essentially a bracelet that goes over the access site. That arterial site, and it has a little air pillow that you inflate with air to put pressure on that artery so that it stops bleeding. What you do with that is once it comes to you, there's a certain period of time that needs to pass, um, an hour, two hours, depending on your Hospital and and your policy. So, a certain amount of time passes, and then you slowly start to take air out. There's a special syringe that comes with it so that you don't just rapidly take all the air out because then your patient will bleed. If that happens on accident, add that air back until it stops bleeding and follow the policy from there but you want to be very, very careful when you're interacting with these devices because that can lead to all sorts of complications that you don't want for your patient. So you typically take a couple cc's of air out and wait a certain amount of time and continue to take air out, making sure that it's not bleeding. So that is a whole policy that you should know if you ever have a patient with a radial band come to you. For your patient, it's important to make sure that they don't use that wrist. I like to tell my patients that to treat that arm like it's broken for the day. They shouldn't be lifting anything with that. They really shouldn't be using the hand. You need to allow that side to recover. Otherwise, there's a higher risk that your patient is going to bleed. And then you run into a whole other slew of issues that you do not want. So be very cautious with these devices and make sure you're informing your patient about what they need to do to take care of themselves as well. If you have a patient who is really confused or is having a hard time following these directions, you can put things on like a arm board that keeps their arm straight or some sort of other restraint or mitt or something like that that reminds your patient to keep their arm straight. Or you may need somebody to keep an eye on them if it's a very high-risk patient that's moving around a lot. Sometimes you can't help these things, but it's very important to consider because bleeding is the last thing that you want especially because if we're talking about a cardiac cath procedure, we are going arterially. So it's very different than a venous access site. Arterial bleeding can go wrong really quickly. The other device that you may see if you're receiving a patient from recovery or from the cath lab is called an angiocele or some sort of sealing device. There's a number of them. There's angiocele, there's perclose, there's a vascade. There are a number of different devices that you may see, minks, Tons of them. So that is used for if you go in through the femoral artery. So those devices seal that site. Some of them use like a collagen plug. Some of them are like more like a stitch. There's again, number of devices that you'll see. But if it's possible, we'd like to use a closure device on that femoral site rather than just keeping the sheath in until it's time to take it out and then hold pressure because that isn't as good for the patient. They need to stay flat longer. So we like to use closure devices when we can. So if your patient gets a closure device, there are precautions that you really need to consider for them as well. Same thing, we're worried about bleeding. And especially with a femoral site, you can run into vascular issues if damage is done or if you lose pulses. So let's talk about what to consider if your patient has a closure device or just if we went through the femoral artery. So first thing, biggest piece, your patient needs to be flat for a certain period of time. It's going to depend on whether we used a device or whether there was manual pressure held. That is going to vary depending on the hospital where you work. So again, look at your policies. If you ever have questions about the policy, if you're having a hard time finding it, reach out to either your cath lab recovery nurses if you have that unit or the cath lab if you have questions. It's always better to ask than just assume and end up harming your patient. So they need to stay flat for a period of time. They need to stay flat for longer if they had a sheath in for longer and they just held manual pressure. That That's a longer flat time. If they got a closure device for us, if, for example, if we use an angiocele, they need to be flat for four hours and then they slowly are able to sit up. It is not like four hours and then you can go run a mile. It is very gradual progression. So the important things that you need to know when you receive a patient from the cath lab or from recovery is what was the hemostasis time, what device was used, and how long do they need to be flat for. In addition, once you have this patient, it's important to closely monitor that site and make sure you're feeling around the site. You're feeling for hematomas. You don't want bleeding to occur under the skin around that access site. So you're feeling for essentially hard bumps or any change that occurs at that site. So once you receive a patient, make sure you get a baseline, feel around, make sure everything feels soft. And then if any of that changes, if you start to feel any hardening, if you start to notice a color change or any difference at that site, that is when you need to escalate, hold pressure to the site, and then reach out to the provider or a charge nurse, get a second opinion, have somebody else feel, but make sure that your escalating this and moving forward and not just ignoring the problem. Hematomas can become an issue very quickly. And again, we accessed an artery. So this is not slow bleeding. This can quickly become problematic. So just make sure that you are informing the right people and intervening appropriately. The next piece is whether they got a stent or not. So whether an intervention was done if your patient went down for a cardiac cath. So initially, what's happening is we're taking pictures. So it's a diagnostic procedure, unless we had already done that and we know that this is going to be a planned stent. So that sometimes happens. So you'll know ahead of time if this is a planned stent or whether this is just a left heart cath. Maybe your patient just had some chest pain or they are having, they had a positive stress test, and they're just going down for a heart cath. So we may or may not intervene if we haven't done a diagnostic cath yet. So it starts diagnostic. We're taking pictures. We're looking at the coronary arteries. If we find a blockage, we may put in a stent. So we would balloon and then stent an area. So if you're getting a report on your patient coming back to you and you hear that they got a stent, there are a number of questions that you want to ask. The big ones are where is that stent, what vessel is it in, or where are these stents? They may have gotten more than one. So know what vessels those stents are in and also know what oral anticoagulation medication your patient has gotten and how often they need to take those. They should have already gotten their first loading dose of those blood thinners, those oral anticoagulation medications, they should have already gotten that initial dose. If they were already on blood thinners, they may have just gotten their daily dose or they may have just gotten a little bit more. So just know if they got their oral anticoagulation medications, what they are and when they need to take them. There should be an order put in, of course, but it's important to keep reminding your patient about these new medications and informing them of their importance. Because Those meds are what keep these stents open. The patients that are non-compliant with those medications specifically come back to the cath lab time and time again because their stents shut down, because they just clog that artery again. So those meds are so important for your patient to take. So that patient education is going to be really important for you as the nurse receiving this patient. So know what meds they are and when they need to take them. Sometimes your patient goes in for that initial diagnostic heart cath and we find multiple areas that are diseased. So multi-vessel disease, if it is typically in our hospital, it's three or more areas, but it depends on your hospital, of course. So if we find a number of areas that could be stented, that are closed off, that are have slow flow, that at that point, we won't start just putting random stents in we will want the patient to get a surgical consult first to see if they are an appropriate candidate for bypass. So depending on the patient case, bypass may better serve them. So it's important for them to get a surgical consult before we just start throwing stents in because then they need to be on blood thinners and that can interfere with their surgical timeline. So if your patient, if you hear that your patient has multi disease, the questions that you want to ask is what thinners they're going to be on, whether they're going to stay on a heparin drip, depending on their situation, it's going to vary, but also when they're going to be meeting with a surgeon, what when that appointment is, what the plan is moving forward for them, because just because they're coming back from the cath lab without stents does not mean that they are okay. If they have multi-vessel disease, they are a high-risk patient, so it's important that we stick to a timeline and make sure that they're going to be seeing a surgeon soon because in those meetings, in that surgical consult, they're deciding whether this patient is an appropriate candidate for bypass because not every person is. And they're also talking to the patient about the risks and benefits so that the patient has an informed decision on whether they want bypass or to do more stents or intervene medically. So make sure you're well informed on those questions. The next piece is are more basics about receiving your patient. So know what their baseline vitals are, so that you can closely monitor any changes in those vitals. Because once they come back from the cath lab, those vitals may be different than what you sent them off with. Especially if they were having active chest pain and they were in a lot of pain, or if they were on a nitro drip, their vitals are going to be different when you receive them again. So know their baseline so that you can watch for things like elevated blood pressure or drop in blood pressure or change in heart rate. Because once they have an intervention, there are risks obviously involved in that. Also know their baseline chest pain or discomfort. So if your patient left you with 10 out of 10 chest pain and they got a fix, more than likely that chest pain is going to be improved. But when we do fix, sometimes that can obviously cause discomfort because there are things like reperfusion, injuries, and also just pain involved when you're ballooning and stenting a vessel that's been closed for a long time. So your patient may come back with some level of chest pain. The important thing for you to monitor is whether that chest pain suddenly increases or if they're suddenly having a 10 out of 10 chest pain again when they came to you at a 5 out of 10 chest pain, you want to see it move in the appropriate direction, not in the wrong direction. So if they come to you with a 5 out of 10 chest pain because they just had a fix and that was uncomfortable for them, you're hoping that over time that chest pain decreases as they recover, not increase. So if there is a sudden increase in chest pain, if they're now a 10 out of 10, you need to escalate and alert the provider because that could mean that the stent has closed down already. Depends on the patient, of course, but you want to monitor for any changes in that discomfort. And then lastly, you want to know what the discharge plan is for your patient and any follow-up appointments that they need to remember. And then, of course, any medications they need to be educated on before they leave, but that should all be part of your discharge plan. Now, of course, if your patient is in the hospital for other reasons – They may not be discharging yet, but just know what the plan is from that cardiac side. So once the cath is done, once they have stents or if they're having a surgical consult, you just want to know what your next steps are. So when are they discharging? When is it appropriate for them to discharge? What vitals, what things are we looking for for them to be flagged as appropriate for discharge? Do they need to follow up with the provider before they do? Or when is their follow-up appointment? There should be orders put in. But just have an idea of what the plan is for your patient, because I guarantee that they're going to be asking you. At the very least, once they get the scent, once they start to feel better, they're going to want to go home as long as there are not other things going on. So just be aware of what the discharge plan is from the cath lab's perspective, at least once you're receiving them. They should have an idea about, oh, they need to follow up with this provider from our end, you know, that this provider has signed off. Uh, he'll, the doctor will be rounding with them in the morning and then they'll assess from there. There should be some plan for you to consider in an ideal world. We all know that sometimes orders are not put in. Sometimes it's hard to get a hold of provider. Sometimes they don't put in their orders, which so annoying, but if, if nothing else, follow up, just make sure that you have some next steps for your patient that they get the best care possible. All right, guys. So those were just a few things for you to consider when you're receiving a patient from the cath lab. There are, of course, so many more things that we could talk about. There's so many more considerations with other procedures. And these, even with a cath procedure, this is just some of the stuff, the big stuff that I want you to remember. But of course, there's going to be other things. So if you have things that you think should be added to this list, or if you have questions about this, if you've had an experience with a patient from the cath lab that you want to talk about, always feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me a message on Instagram or comment on Facebook. And I am happy to answer whatever I can. But my hope is that this episode makes you feel a little bit more comfortable when you are getting patients from the cath lab. Because I know from experience when I was in the ICU, the cath lab felt like its own little universe. I didn't really know what happened over there. And when I got a patient from them, I sometimes felt a little unequipped to handle whatever I needed to know because I wasn't a cardiac nurse. So I am one that I had patients go to the cath lab but I was on a neuro medical unit. And so we didn't get that a lot. So it wasn't something that I was super well versed in. So I hope that this episode just helps you feel a little bit more comfortable with the process, reminds you of the things that you want to be asking and the things you want to be considering for your patients. And I hope it just makes you a little bit more confident in your practice. That is always my intention. But at the very least, know that you are doing a great job. It's all about the learning process. You're not going to know all of this on day one, just keep coming back here, educating yourself, finding resources that are helpful for you, find some support, and you're going to do an amazing job. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way, we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.